Welcome to the FarmD Money Podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. Welcome in FarmD Nation to episode number nine of the FarmD Money Podcast. I am your host, Derek Delaney. Thank you for joining me today. For a lot of people, the part of the American dream is owning a home. And for the majority, the first experience they have in home ownership is actually going out and purchasing a home. Or maybe they seek out a realtor and then seek out a mortgage lender and figure out what they can afford, go house shopping, take a look at a couple options, and then pull the trigger on one. But as people become more financially well-off later on in their life, new opportunities seem to grow, and one of those is the potential for building your own dream house. And for a lot of people, that is a completely new experience. So in this episode, I have invited on Taylor Herman, VP of Business Banking with over 10 plus years of experience in the banking industry, onto the podcast to talk about what the process is like for somebody who wants to experience and move through the new build process of a home. Taylor Herman, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So I guess to start, say I come to the conclusion that the current house I own is too small and for whatever reason, I want to go and build my dream house somewhere. That thought pops into my mind and I want to move forward with it. Where do I start? Do I go visit a bank? Do I visit a construction company? Where do I go? What do I do? What's that process look like? First thing is to mentally prepare yourself because that is going to be what's the best plan of action to start with. Because when you look at building a home, it is going to be a grind when it comes to one, thinking about what you want in your house, two, figuring out your finances, three, working with a contractor, all the different things. And it is a grind. It's a, it's a lot of work. I mean, you, you look at what you'd mentioned when you're going to buy a home get financing, all that kind of stuff, you're probably thinking maybe you know 45 days to three months, depending on how quickly you're able to find a house. Well, this, you're looking at six, 12, 18 months of time spent into getting this project done. And depending on how busy contractors are or the, the area that you're in, it might take you that long just to find a lot, not to mention then once you find the lot, then also getting the house built, get it get the drawings done up, get all that done, and then building the house itself. So you've got to mentally prepare yourself because it's not as easy, but it's way more rewarding when you think about it because you put your heart and soul into building that house just the way that you want it to. So that I think is probably the first step because that's the thing that I don't think many people realize is when you build your own house, there is a lot of mental pressure put on you to make sure that you get everything done you're working with your contractor and you're getting that part taken care of. So so if a husband and wife um, are thinking about doing this, they should be prepared for the stress that this entails. And that is step number one. Right. And the next thing is, as far as what I hear you saying, is throw out the playbook of what you used to know when it came to buying an already made home. Correct. Right? It's not go visit a mortgage lender, figure out what you can afford, go visit a couple homes and move forward that way. It's completely different and it's a lot longer. So once you've prepared yourself mentally, what's the next step? Next step is to make sure your finances are in place because the first thing that's going to happen 
is you're going to need to have one, a lot, or two, the equity in order to purchase that lot in order to get the house prepared. So one of the things that a lot of people want to think about is, are you going to use the equity from the sale of your house or are you already going to have the equity and cash available to do that? Or for whatever reason, you you purchased a lot a long time ago and you're wanting to build on that for whatever reason. So um, when you're looking at the construction per process, having equity, whether again, that's cash or a lot in order to put towards the process is going to be kind of that next step because finding the lot that you want to be able to build on is going to allow you to then figure out what type of house you want to build. So the equity part is going to be huge. Again, you could you could find a, a, a construction company that owns a development that has a lot of lots available, and then they're going to be able to say, all right, you're going to be able to purchase this lot. We've got this house that's available, and then you're going to be able to go from there. But you're still going to have to have that equity part. Whereas otherwise, you say, all right, we bought the lot. We've got that. You're putting that towards the equity of the home and then building from there with the construction part. So that's the next step. And then it really does come down to finding your construction company that you're going to work with. One, to develop the house, get it taken care of, and start to bid out. So um, once you have the the plan for the house, again, the construction company could help you out with that, or you could find an architect that's going to do that for you. But that's going to be the piece that next is going to happen. So that way you can determine what the cost is going to be of your dream house. Because then once you have that figured out, you're able to go to the mortgage lender to say, all right, we've got this house built. Is this going to fit with our finances? Again, some people might have their finances in check. They're going to pay cash for this thing once they sell their house. You know, they've got their house free and clear. They're going to sell that house. They're going to put it all towards, towards the next house. There's going to be minimal to no financing and you're off and running. So it depends on the equity piece that they have. But again, if you're looking at a mortgage perspective, you want to be able to get pre you want to be able to get pre-approved for that financing part in order to make sure you are able to move forward with the house that you built. Okay, so let's just say you have a really good equity built up and you've been saving for this new construction for a while. And let's just say the new home you want to build is going to be six hundred thousand dollars, six seven hundred thousand dollars, and you have in equity and cash set aside quarter of a million two hundred fifty thousand. Is that close enough to make the process kind of move forward pretty seamlessly? Or when you talk about equity and cash on hand, should you have closer to 50, 60% of the entire value of what it's going to cost to build? You're you're really looking at probably around 80%. Same same thing with what you'd be looking at for a mortgage. Financing 80%. Financing 80%. So yeah, having that 20% equity available to be able to put towards it. So when you think about it, you're building a $600,000 house. You got a hundred thousand dollar lot to put up as equity. You're going to be fine. You know you got that part. Um, but from the finance standpoint, the biggest thing you're going to have figured out is once you have that equity piece, you want to be able to get pre-approved for that mortgage, so you know that you're going to have the financing available. And then everything else is going to kind of snowball from there because once you got that, then you're looking at a construction loan. That construction loan is going to be out there to get the house built, get everything done, and then you're going to turn that into permanent financing after that. Okay, so I just want to make sure that I'm understanding this correctly, that first you want to seek out the the construction company who could put together the blueprints of what your dream home looks like and kind of give you an idea of what that price tag would be. And then you go to the mortgage lender and say, hey, this is what it potentially could cost. We have equity and cash in hand to be able to get us to that 80-20 limit. Yep. 
And then the mortgage lender could say or come back and say, we approve to finance the other 80%. And then you take that cash, give it to the construction company, and you're off and running. Yep. So so a lot of what's going to happen is, again, and, and there's multiple ways, there's different steps within the process that you can take. But having that house built, and then you can build, bid it out to construction companies as well. But a lot of people use the construction company as a resource to say, who would you consider to draw the blueprints for this house or depending on the construction company they might have somebody on hand that would be able to design that house for you okay so if you if you know somebody you've got a friend or something like that that you know that you're going to go to to build this house for you they probably have the resources in order to get you from point a to point b and then again you're going to want to look to find a mortgage banker or a bank that's going to help you with again getting pre-approved for that final mortgage when it then when it's done it's turning into the permanent financing. So you've got that already taken care of. And then also, again, that bank is going to work with the title company that is used to close the deal in order to get the bids and take care of the, the change orders and do all of those kind of things where the bank's going to handle the, 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 the advancing of the money. Title company is going to handle the construction piece of it with the contractor as they're working through it. And then again, at the end, and as you're working through it, you're going to have change orders. You're going to have, you know, different things that are going to come up. And you say, well, you know, laminate's great, but I want I want granite now. And that wasn't in the budget. Okay, where's that coming from? You know, you've got to have that contingency also built in. So, I mean, there's a lot of variables. And again, when you start to think about this being your dream home, this being hopefully the last home you're going to own, or that one that you're going to own for a very long time before you retire and potentially um you know, downgrade from, from where you're at, that's the part that you really want to consider because this is the home you're going to be in for hopefully 10, 20, 30 years. You're not going to want to jump ship in five years and, you know, put that, you could obviously, but you, you're, you're looking at building it the way you want it, putting it in there. What are you going to do and where's that going to come from? What, uh, are there any hangups if say the majority of the cash you have or the majority of cash you think you're going to have is in the equity of your home? Are there any hangups, um, including some sort of contingency on the sale of your current home in that process? Potentially. And what does that look like? Well, I mean, just like if you were to sell a current home that you have and buy a new one, there's always the potential that that deal could fall through. So, you know, if you have somebody that's going to purchase your house, which, you know, going into it, you don't want to rely on that because, again, you're looking at a you know, six months to 18 months, two years, depending on the size of the house and the complexity of it. Um, but you're looking at that kind of a time frame where, you know, if you're just trying to sell your house, contingency plans usually are fine because it's contingent on the sale of this house in order to purchase this house. Well, you always want to think that you're going to sell the house pretty quickly, but who knows where the market's going to be in 18 months when you're down the road and you're saying, all right, the house is done. <laughs> we need to sell this house. Is it going to sell right away? Is it going to, you know... And, and again, that's going to depend on where, what town you live in, what community you live in. Obviously, you get into a spot where you've got a lot of movement in the market, you know, a, a space like southern Minnesota where houses are flying off the market as soon as they get listed, you're probably not going to have too much of an issue. But again, something like that happens, market goes crazy, you know, whatever happens in the economy, and that could have an effect on, on what, you're, what you're doing next with your house. So there's always potential for issues. Can you, can you get some sort of bridge loan um, in order to satisfy 
everybody else before you sell your home? Well, and that's that's the part of... To replace the equity. Right. That's the part of the construction loan part of it. But also, that's where you get pre-approved ahead of time. So, you know, a lot of times with this situation, again you're most likely going to be able to get pre-approved for something because you, you know, in, in your stage of life, you're hopefully at a point where you have minimal debt to be able to take something like this on. So you could potentially have two mortgages and it's not going to make a difference. Yeah. So the big thing is just make sure you have enough liquid liquidity available to be able to get you to the finish line and not rely as much on the equity in your home. Correct. So <clears throat> then the way I'm hearing it is if you think you want to build some sort of new construction, Maybe instead of prepaying that mortgage and building a ton of equity in your house, leading up to that point, maybe it's better to keep more cash on hand and keep more liquidity instead of dumping a bunch of money in the equity of your home. Right. And and again, that depends on how far down the road you want to look at it. If this is going to be a five-year plan, maybe for the first couple of years, you're looking at paying down that mortgage or and then turning it over to, to build some equity. Or again, if it's a 15-year plan, huh. Well, you got a lot of time to plan for that, figure yeah. out what's going to make the most sense for you. But again, that's where you're hopefully at a stage of your life where you're not going to have to worry about that. But again, when you look at the whole process, you also have that 18-month period to say, all right, what are we going to do? Working with a realtor, because you're going to want to bring a realtor into this situation as well and saying, hey, yeah. we want to sell our house in 15 to 18 or whatever months it's going to take in order to build this. Is that, or do you foresee that to be an issue? Okay. Well, that makes sense. And then in your opinion, what is probably the number one hangup or um, problem that people experience going through this process that you think they could avoid? Well, it's, it's those change items because those can build up in a hurry. You know, you look at granite countertops. It may not seem like a big deal, but between laminate and, and granite, there's a huge cost difference. And when you think about it, you're saying, all right, I'm going to do that in the bathroom. I'm going to do that in the kitchen. I want everything to be similar. Well, there goes 20 grand. So, you know, that ending part of saying, all right, we're done. We're ready to go. And then all of a sudden you get that change order and you owe them 30 grand at the end. And you're like, well, I don't have 30 grand. What do we do now? That's that extra part of saying, all right, where's that going to come from? So change orders is probably the easiest place where you can get tripped up. Don't go crazy. Work with your bank. Work with your mortgage lender that's working with you to determine if that part is going to be an option going forward. Well, thank you, Taylor Herman, for joining us today. I think that was a lot of great information. Uh, If you're looking for more information about the podcast, myself, or FarmD Financial Planning, feel free to visit the firm's website at farmdfp.com. Also, feel free to check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, FarmD Financial Planning, for more great insight. Email podcast at farmd.com with questions, topics, or ideas you'd like to hear more about. Finally, until next time, FarmD Nation, be well. The FarmD Money Podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice.